sifter.com.au. Hello and welcome to Lightmap from Sifter. On Lightmap, we explore what it takes to make video games and interactive media and you meet creative teams from all around the world. My name is Gianni. Thank you so much for joining me. Every episode, I introduce you to developers, artists, musicians, researchers, and more. And video games have a couple of iconic video game duos. You know, it's a big part of uh, playing games. There's Banjo and Kazooie, there's Ratchet and Clank, and maybe... Little Dross and the Captain might be the next legendary pairing. Ben Ward and Tim Maloney from Emerge Worlds are launching Dross, uh, which is an adventure where you are switching between two characters, a partnership as you explore an alchemical world. Uh, Ben and Tim, thank you so much for joining me. Thanks, Gianni. Thanks for having us. We're excited to learn a little bit more about your game, but before we dive into our chat, let's find out what's been making the news on this week's episode of Walkthrough, which is Sifter's weekly news podcast. Hi, I'm Kyle Paletta. And I'm Fiona Bartholomew. And here are the top stories this week on Walkthrough, Sifter's weekly news podcast for Sunday, 12th of May. Xbox kills four Bethesda studios, including multi-award winning makers of Hi-Fi Rush and Prey. Helldivers 2 players go to war, loving 200,000 negative reviews after Sony tries to force mandatory PSN logins on PC. Hades 2 gets a surprise early access launch this week, and it's already smashed the previous game's record. And Nintendo confirms we'll learn more about the next by this time next year. You can get every episode of Walkthrough for free on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, or on our website, sifter.com.au, every Sunday. You're listening to Lightmap, interesting conversations with video game creators. We are fallen into a grate we've tumbled our way into the world of dross can you tell me what is dross what sort of game we'll be exploring uh, as you've launched uh, your kickstarter for the game today so it's a 3d puzzle platform with kind of combat elements as well and really it's a game that is inspired uh, i think for all the team by kind of a and for, for us a nostalgia maybe of the 80s and, and kind of the classic adventure uh, films and games. Um, you know, I grew up with ga- uh, films like The Dark Crystal, Labyrinth, um, dark fantasy kind of films of Jim Henson um, that really kind of always stayed with me. Um, quirky characters that were kind of not all good and not all bad. Um, and I guess that was one kind of uh, story and world jumping off point for Dross. Um, But, you know, as you kind of mentioned, the other kind of, I guess, uh, unique point of Dross is that kind of this dual switching mechanic that we developed. And um, as you know, that's nothing, that's nothing new in games where, you know, buddy, buddy games are uh, certainly a big part, Uh, you know, Banjo-Kazooie, Ratchet and Clank. But I think in Dross we wanted to kind of have a bit more fun with it, subvert that a little uh, so that maybe the characters have to team up but they don't necessarily like each other much. So that was kind of the idea. Tim, can you tell us a little bit more about the the world that you've designed um, and the game that people will be playing? What sort of challenges will they be facing? Yeah, uh, the world is... uh based around all the stages are based around uh, diorama, sort of a diorama style. So uh, there's 40 
around 40 stages in total. And each stage uh, has a mixture of uh, puzzles and combat, uh, as well as a, a lot of stages have sort of a story element that Ben was referring to. So, yeah, you get to talk to a lot of characters along the way. Um, some of those characters will give you, um, you know, uh, certain tasks that you need to perform for them. But in other stages, they're more based around sort of puzzles. And, and I guess the overall goal is to sort of um, get the characters from uh, one entry gate to the other and using each character's uh, different abilities. So uh, Little Dross can jump and she's very agile, whereas Captain's more of a, a brawler, so he can fight. And so you've got to decide which character to use along the, along the journey. And, um, yeah, sometimes you'll have to combine as uh, as Captain and Little Dross and fight through enemies, and sometimes you'll have to use go and explore with Little Dross and find new new paths through. And uh, I guess uh, it's a mixture of, of uh, puzzle and combat and a story, sort of a story-based game as well. So, yeah, I don't, Ben, do you want to add anything to that? Yeah. No, I think that that's that sums it up pretty well. Um, I guess it's, yeah, there's this kind of um, absurd duality to Dross that has always been there from the start. And it, I feel like every design decision we came to was almost based on that. So it's like it's that classic thing, dark and light, heavy and light, or, yeah, thick and thin, you know, this duality between the two and, as we went through designing the game, that was just something we just kept wanting to come back to with the two characters. They're kind of the opposite of each other and they can do things that the other can't. So, Ben, maybe you could tell me a little bit more about sort of the designing this world because one of the things that's really striking about it is, yeah, you've got this really sort of creepy, almost, you know, decaying in parts, but also very kind of cute and cutesy, like all the characters kind of look a bit bobbleheadish. Um, and they've, uh, you know, <laughs> yeah. got this great sort of look to it. Tell me about um, making this world and, uh, you know, exploring that through the art design of the game. Yeah, definitely. Um, so I guess a, a, a nice little analogy is... Um, uh, in Japan, um, this kind of design is, is nothing new. That it's very. Um, they actually have a word for this kind of. Um, uh, you know, it's like chibi. Chibi. Well, I was going to say chibi, but also the juxtaposition of this whole dark and light, ugly and cute together. Um, and, and so that 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 appears a lot in Japan, and I actually. As a sub note, I actually used to work in Japan. I worked there for about seven years uh, in a few game companies, but maybe that kind of wore off on me, I think. Um, and I wanted to create this world um, definitely where there is this decaying, darker element, but also it's contrasted with this cuteness and charm. And, yeah, absolutely, that was a real, I guess, goal of mine from the start. Uh, another thing to say would be, um, maybe if you, at a glance, if you look at the game and you don't pay too much attention, maybe you look at the character, you think, oh, is that like a kind of a, a kind of a medieval classic Dungeons and Dragons RPG game? Well, no, I tried to really get the steampunk kind of diesel punk element into the game as well. So everything's overgrown, excuse me, overgrown with moss. Everything's crumbling things are cut away. Like when you go into small areas, everything's, you can see the construction and the, like the, the rebar and the wall sticking out. So yeah, it was all kind of one, I, I guess, uh, direction that we wanted to go in to kind of give a bit of a unique feel. 
can you take us right back to the beginning? How did the idea for the game come up, come about and, and how long have you been working on it? Yeah, I can uh, take that one. Uh, yeah, so we've, uh, I think, well, initially sort of um, we were working on another game at, uh, at the time in 2019 um, and, and Ben went away and um, during that sort of game we were, you know, more advanced in production on that and that's where uh, Dross sort of formulated around that 2019 year. Um, ben went away and, you know, he was, you know, was very interested in a lot of these, um, I guess we were it was that element of we wanted to create a game that we really, you know, enjoyed watching those 80s and sort of 90s fantasy movies, the darker, the darker Jim Henson ones that Ben mentioned before. And yeah, I guess the original idea came from trying to create a game that was in that genre. And um, yeah, it started in uh, 2019, just as early concepts and, We've been working on it uh, ever since then, um, juggling our other game uh, at the beginning of the process and, yeah, developed over that time. And we've probably, you know, we've been probably sort of full time on the game for roughly around three years now. And, uh, yeah, we're, we're coming towards the sort of the final sort of stages of uh, production. So it's been really exciting to um, just in probably the last sort of year or six months see all of the elements come together all of those mechanics that we planned out coming together. And yeah, we're really excited to be um, yeah, launching our Kickstarter uh, in a few days as well um, to, you know, progress, you know, Dross to the final sort of stages. And I guess looking to release Dross uh, maybe quarter three in uh, 2023, so this year. So yeah, we're really excited. What's it been like for you creating a game over the last couple of years. Um, everyone we talked to on the show said that it's been a creative challenge just to find the energy to keep making things and you're a small team. Uh, talk to me a little bit about what that process is like. Absolutely. Uh, you know, I think uh, you only have so many resources at your disposal and our, our core team is about three people, uh, Tim, myself and our lead programmer, Dion, uh, who, you know, has always made up our core team. We've been lucky enough to have a lot of other really talented collaborators, um, artists, designers, animators with us. They've kind of come and gone over the years and they've all, you know, contributed in such a, um, an amazing way, like, um, you know, the some of the art behind you, some of the lovely 3D little dross huts behind you there were, were done by uh, Angus, one of our 3D guys and um and and dylan our stage designer um so yeah it, it's been definitely a challenge and i think all you can i think all you can really do is try to stay true to a concept and 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 kind of um you will definitely find yourself wavering from it honestly but if you can kind of keep bringing yourself back that's helped, that's helped me at least. I'm sure the other guys have probably developed other coping mechanisms. But for me, I guess, as, as director, it's, it's um, if you can keep bringing things back to a concept, that really helps even towards the end. So, you know, if, if that concept is something along the lines of the kind of things I told you a minute or two ago, then, yeah, that, that's, you know, bring it back to that switching mechanic, things like that. That's helped me at least. <laughs> yeah, I guess on, on my end, um, yeah, Dross has been, uh, you know, we've been developing it for quite some time. So, 
yeah, it's trying to keep that momentum up through the whole project. Um, you go through phases, I think, where it does become more challenging uh, in terms of um, you might reach a point and then, you know, uh, a good example was we were sort of developing a lot of mechanics and, and that can be really fun. Like that's great at the beginning and you're, you're trialling things. Um, but from those mechanics, yeah, you've got to go into production. There's a point where I think you've got to be happy on, you know, the mechanics that you've, you know, been through those test periods with and, we, you know, we, we then progressed sort of into a more production thing, which was, you know, level design and taking those mechanics in there. And I guess some of the challenges we've faced sort of along the way were we early on, we did introduce some new mechanics into the game during the production phase and, and sort of that, um, that introduced other challenges as well. And I guess game development never stops, you know, it never ceases. You're always improving improving the game on the concept, you know, of what Ben was talking about earlier. But there's got to be a point, I think, where you sort of decide on your core sort of mechanic or people call it like a game loop. And then once you're decided on that to then progress to the next sort of stages, it's really important that that is decided on relatively uh, before moving into production. So I guess it's Joss has been going through these phases and we're in the production phase at the moment. It's exciting. I mean, I love working on some of the music and putting music into Dross because I've, you have these stages that you're playing without any sort of sound and then it adds another layer, putting some really awesome music in from our composer, Aravane, and then the sound design goes in. And so it's been exciting for me to see it progress uh, into adding all of these layers on top of the game. And, and we're, we're still adding uh, some layers and, and polish and things like that to the game and uh, it's been really cool. But, yeah, just keeping that momentum through the whole production is, is really important as well. I was just I was just going to add on the tail end of Tim, I think the, the, just the challenge of it, sometimes not what to put in but what to leave out is is, is definitely a challenge as well, probably for every indie. <laughs> yeah. like, it's like you've got to cut at some point. So, yeah, that's a big one. You got to kill your darlings in a way, don't you? Otherwise, uh, you know, you'll never get to the that, finish line. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah um, can you tell me how did your team come together? Uh, how did you meet? How did you start working on games together? Um, yeah, like we much earlier uh, when we started the company, we we did a lot of um, virtual reality work, actually. So uh, a fair bit of our early uh, our early stuff was definitely virtual reality based. Um, and, you know, mixed with some, uh, some kind of uh, more corporate work as well, um, which is, is, you know, a lot of indie studios uh, are kind of, uh, it's quite a common thing, you know, you've, you've kind of got to do a little bit of this and a little bit of that um, to do the things that you love, and we are no different, and we, we've gone through um, quite a few different um, projects and, and um, things over the years, uh, so definitely, yeah, in our case, it was actually virtual reality based in the beginning. Uh, you know, we have a game out there called Dance Collider, which is a virtual reality dance and rhythm game, which couldn't be further from the game we're making now, but good experience nonetheless. The game, uh, as people are listening to this, is on Kickstarter right now. Um, how do you feel at this early stage? Um, what are you hopeful for as part of this campaign? And, you know, uh, tell us about what the, the next couple of months will look like if you have a successful campaign. 
Uh, yeah, we're super excited about our Kickstarter campaign. Uh, yeah, you know, we're, we are progressing through the production of Dross at the moment and putting those um, sort of finishing touches on, on some of the stages. And also we're still, you know, working through some, you know, the finer tuning of uh, mechanics and things like that. And, yeah, I guess we're super excited about the Kickstarter campaign uh, because we've got some really cool rewards to offer people to be part of the Dross world. But also uh, with a successful campaign, it, it will enable us to um, add those elements to Dross that, you know, we would love to, to, to get a super um, polished game out there. Um, and, yeah, it, would, it allow us to, to keep working on Dross and keep the production, uh, keep it going for Dross for us as well. Uh, over the next, you know, we, we're looking to release in 2023. Uh, so... Um, yeah, based on a successful Kickstarter campaign, that would allow us to to get to the to the finish line with Dross. Um, there is a demo available right now. As you're listening to this, you can find out more information by heading to drossgame.com. That's D-R-O-S game.com. Uh, ben and Tim, thank you so much for joining me, uh, giving us a little preview of Dross. Uh, and hopefully we'll get you back on the show in a couple of months' time uh, when uh, everything's out and ready and we can jump into all of the detail about how it was made. Thanks for having us. Thank you so much. Thanks, Gianni. Appreciate it. Join the Sifter community on Discord at sifter.com.au forward slash discord. Sifter is produced by Fiona Bartholomeus, Daniel Ang, Adam Christou. Mitch Lowe is our senior producer and my name is Gianni DiGiovanni and I'm the executive producer. Thanks to Omni Studio for their support of Sifter's three podcasts. You can find links to everything we've talked about on our website and in the show notes. Uh, But go to our website, which is sifter.com.au to read more about the games and the guests that we've featured. And while you're online, why not give us a review on your favourite podcast player it really does help uh tell us what you think uh give us a a rating on there and tell your friends that's another free thing you can do to support the show Uh, until next time have fun Chris Button here from Drop Rate, Sifter's video game review podcast. Unicorn Overlord might have a strange name, but don't dismiss its tactical prowess. It uses a, a tactics mode, um, and, which is similar to the Gambit system that was in Final Fantasy XII for your um, uh, your squad mates. And you can say, okay, well, you know, Hodrick, who's my legionnaire with the big shield, I want him to prioritize protecting the back row. They're going to take the most damage. If they take a physical hit, they're going to go down, but I need them to be protected. So you can get quite granular with this, and I reckon you could build some pretty wild builds that are <laughs> totally game-breaking, um, but it's kind of the fun of the tactical squad-based gameplay in Unicorn Overlord. Tune in to Drop Rate to find out why Unicorn Overlord might just be one of 2024's sleeper hits. Available now on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts.